Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Turn to the table of contents. And there, look for the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. And then turn to chapter 2, and we'll begin around verse 6, 8, right in there. Um, here, uh, here in just, in just a few wonder, wrapped in human weakness, an Advent call to childlike faith and wonder. When it comes to Advent season and Christmas, for me, I, I've, I, ha- I had... What we call a Norman Rockwell Christmas uh, childhood. It was we see on television and the movies and all that. And and I was just so blessed and so fortunate to have a have a, a Christmas time, an Advent season with child as a child. And and to think of the of it all and the and the, the baby in the manger and 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 to, to think of all those the th- the wise men you know and all that was such was just such a wonder to me. And and uh, and I was able to experience that in, in great ways. I can one of the one of the key times we would it was Christmas Eve for us Eve worship. And on our way, we would look for the star in the sky, the Bethlehem star, the star of David. And we were always sure that we had found it, you know. And Mom and Dad were going, "Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the one." And we're like, "We saw the star, you know." And and we get there, and we'd always have a play that we'd put on. And my relatives and uh, congregation, I would see them as I. Was that when we got home from Christmas Eve worship, the grand finale is Santa, during that time, we excused him from being in church that night, Santa brought our gifts and put them under the tree. So when we giddy, talk about wonderment, talk about awe and fascination and surprise, it was all wrapped up in that experience. And what a grand experience it was for me. Now, I understand, I don't want to assume anything. And first thing I don't want to assume is that you all have had the same experience. The holidays have bad memories. Uh, you don't look with favor upon your childhood in these times. They weren't good times, and I understand that. And it may be possible also that you, you just don't have that tradition of celebrating Christmas or Advent season. And, and so and all these things about a, a virgin birth to you and, and angels and, and reveal and a little bit mythical and um, maybe a little bit make-believe. And I understand that, and I want to acknowledge that uh, tonight as we, get, as we get started. But these, these times held for me great wonder and, and filled my heart full of childlike faith in what God and pulls that he could do in my heart. Push that wonder of what God can do out of my heart and begin to live in a way uh, where I sought pleasure and my own way and doing things my own way. And I had a certain crowd and, and any faith in my heart at all. I had let myself become hard and jaded. In fact, I thought I had gone too far and that God wouldn't accept me. But, but he, sa- he saved me. And he brought me back to himself. And that relationship with him ha- began to turn for me the one now 
my, my faith and my wonder of God, who God is is not based on some giddy feeling that Christmas lights bring, but it's based on something that is solid, like the, the coming of the Messiah on, on Christmas Day. The, the angels heralding the good news to these shepherds, Gentiles from a foreign land. Uh, a dying Savior on a cross whose blood now washed my sins away and I found forgiveness with God. And a promise of a new life and a resurrected life and eternal life. My wonder and my childlike faith are now built on those things. And knowing those, those child things that I once enjoyed. This wonderful season that we celebrate, the Advent season. Yes, it, it is, it is the all things that we are looking for. And it is the all things that Jesus has become to me that has restored my faith and admiration of who at this. And so tonight, and made me a reason, I stand in wild and just what he has in store for me in my future. So just for a moment, like the prophet said of old, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Let us just stop for a moment and worship Jesus Christ and wonder. Let's be still and wonder at the miraculous way all this came to pass. Wonder. Wonder meaning like awe, admiration, wonder, fascination, support of the mind that enchants the emotions while never surrendering reason. You see, to have childlike wonder and faith in your heart, you don't have to give up your, you don't have to check your wonder of who God is, is based on reasonable things. Reasonable things such as the virgin birth. Reasonable things such as a sinless man. Reasonable things such as a death on the cross that becomes our substitute. Reasonable things like the resurrection. Our faith is in a on those things. And they, so we look in awe and wonder at how the world was made. How all this had come to pass. And it does leave room in our hearts and our minds and even our lives for this childlike faith and wonder. You might say, well, Craig, you know what? I just don't have time for that this year. Either time, because the holidays are pretty busy. I have to spend, and, and that I don't really care about anyway. And not only that, it's just a big rat race. And if there's any childlike wonder in my life, it has sapped it all out. I don't have time to stop and wonder. Maybe, again, you have no holiday tradition at all. And so wonder for you left when you began to grow up. A myth. Maybe life's disappointments and troubles have dulled the wonder in your life. And all you expect now is trouble. And the pursuit of maybe you're still trying to recapture that pleasures or stuff. But you find that that pursuit isn't returning that childlike wonder to you at all. In fact, it seems to steal it more and more. And you find yourself almost unwilling to even think about a childlike heart again. Your heart has become so hard. That my life. Like the shepherds on the margins of society in our story that we will read here in just a moment, we're going to find in our story tonight that our looking for meaning in all the wrong places has put us on the margins of God's favor. And tonight's story, child, newborn Messiah and the shepherd wants us all to have. Let's read about it beginning here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. Now Mary and Joseph have just, have just traveled to Bethlehem. She is very, very pregnant and about ready to get Messiah, the Son of God. And in verse 8 it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you news that will cause great joy for all the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to all those whose favor rests. When the angels sing that is alone and gone into heaven, the ship out. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered what they had in her heart. This just been as they had been told. What an unlikely visit to such an unlikely lot as the shepherds. Yes, the angels are the one to shepherds for so long. To shepherds. In this day and time, in the Bible, in the, the time of the Bible, when this was written, shepherds were considered about in the same class as tax collectors. In other words, the worst of all sinners of society. They were unable to attend religion, so they were uh, services and traditions outside of God's favor. These men, these shepherds, likely were considered untrustworthy and even thought of as thieves, that they would take your stuff, your money. People also considered them gypsies because of their nomadic lifestyle as they followed their herds as they grazed. These are the ones that God chose to be the recipients of the good news. The recipients that Christ had been born just like God said. In fact, one, in fact, one um, scholar said the Talmud instructed that no one even give help to shepherds and to consider to receive like heathens. Not even practicing their religion. Think about that for a moment. The men that God chose to receive the glorious message of the coming Messiah, these were not even practicing their religion. The angel said again, it's amazing. It's amazing. You, shepherds, this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, born to you. It's like Jesus coming in our day, and instead of coming to church and meeting us here, he would go to the, the, the deepest part of the inner city, and he'd find those that were homeless, and those that first recipient, and those that didn't have a, a family that he sent. That's, what the, that's, that's who God would send the angels to. And, and we, we, we wonder at that. We stand in awe of that. Why would God choose shepherds to receive this message? Until we understand that God loves to wrap the wonder of his good news. And just like the shepherds, we are unlikely recipients of an unbelievable reality. Yes, we too are outside of God's favor before we know Jesus. We too do not deserve his wonder and grace, we, but he, that's exactly what he did. Unlikely recipients of, of an unbelievable reality is who we are if we know God through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, God prizes what the world despises. God prizes good and, and, and things that we should seek are those things that God says, don't even come close to what I have in store for you who will believe with childlike faith and wonder. But not only did he choose them to be the recipients of this message, that the Messiah was the Messiah, he chose them to be the herald. The shepherds were the fellers of this, or ambassadors of heaven. These men were not likely to be chosen if they were, if, if they were seniors and the yearbook was coming out. They would be chosen the least likely to be, cho to be chosen, the least likely to succeed. 
And yet God chose these people to bear his, not only to Jesus was born, to tell of his coming. The shepherds were the first to tell of the good news of great joy. He think about it. He chose weakness. Did he do that? To proclaim his wonders and salvation to a sinful people. He chooses shepherds and he chooses us. No better than shepherds. This confirms what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Listen to the word of God. There's not many sisters. Think of what you were. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and things that are not to nullify those that are so that no one would boast in his presence. God to turn heralds of the gospel. Think about it. God chose those who were on the outside to be in so that those who thought they were on the inside could actually see that they were out, outside of God's favor. That's why God chooses the weak, but so he can display his power, the son of Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with it, you and I. God calls sinful people to proclaim the gospel as well, so that those who appear to have it all together might see their need. Like Paul, who he called himself the chiefest of sinners. You say, I've sinned too much. People know my past. People know who, what I was like before. I've got I failed God way too many times. And God is saying in our story, when we see him choose the shepherds, God is saying, you're exactly who I want to proclaim my gospel. You're exactly who I want to proclaim the good news that Jesus has come to save us. Don't despair. God, you must be a sinner. We also see the wonder of an unlikely Messiah in a feed trough. And I really want us to get this part. When I, was a, when I was a kid, my grandpa called one evening and was talking. He'd gotten some on the phone. And, and mom told us that when she got off the phone. And we thought, oh, my goodness, how awesome. My grandpa had a farm and he had all kinds of animals, but he never had sheep. And we thought, how cool. Grandpa's got sheep now. So a weekend or And we walk into the house and we're talking to grandma and grandpa, you know, just getting settled in. And, 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 I, and somebody asked grandpa, where are the lambs? And he said, lambs? And, and we said, yeah, you said that you guys got some new lambs. And we were told we got new lamps. I mean, I mean our, we were deflated. What we had expected was nothing like what we got. But when the shepherds made haste like children with wild eye wonderment running to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, those shepherds came to see what God had said in that manger. And what they saw, they saw past anything that they, they, they saw creation. They saw power. They saw wisdom and love. They saw eternity all wrapped up into one little baby is what they saw. Because they had childlike faith and wonder. And they believed what the angels had told them. They saw so much more. Not disappointed. I'm reminded of the Who's in Whoville. When the Grinch stole Christmas right out from underneath the Who's. You remember what happened. They just went on singing. Gifts. Christmas came anyway. Got Christmas Day coming. Why? Maybe because Christmas came without ribbons. And it came without tags. It came without boxes, packages, or bags. Maybe Christmas doesn't come in a store. This morning, maybe Christmas means a lot. 
the shepherds came and saw the Christ child, the Messiah, laying in that feed trough. That's what they saw, and they believed. You see, wonder is about getting your heart ready to welcome the, the arrival of a special guest. That guest didn't wait Jesus. Ordered. So the scripture says in Hebrews 10 and 35, so do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward. You need to persevere so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive more than we've been, that we've been looking for. Jesus, the babe of Advent, is that little bit more than we've been looking for. In childlike faith, the shepherds with wonder saw the waited one, the Messiah, more. You see, the shepherds saw the one called wonderful. The shepherds saw the one called wonderful. The birth of Christ is the reason in human weakness and for recapturing the one. And the, that birth of Christ is the reason for recapturing the wonder. What can you do to recapture a childlike faith, a childlike heart that's full of wonder of what God can do? It's quite possible that your Christmas wonder has been valued by the ultimate Grinch. He wants you to look in the manger scene and see that babe lying in that feed trough and realize that outward appearance has nothing to do with what's on in our lives and the things that we can't change. And we forget, we forget that God doesn't work in the, in the outward appearance, that God works in the heart, that God works behind the scenes, that God works in, in the ways of eternity, that he works invisible to the naked eye, but seen through the eye of faith upside down. He wants us to understand that he chooses the lowly and despised things of the world and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. He makes us feel our nothing so that he can reveal his something, his so much more. It's wonder wrapped lives of the shepherdness of sinful man to our lives as well. He wants to break right into our lives. He wants to wrap his wonder in our weakness and display his amazing grace. You see, when we begin to crack, that's when God begins to get his glory back. When we, under, when we feel weak, when we understand our need, it's then, it's then that we see God for who he is. The one who, no matter how sinful we are, no matter how weak we are, no matter how far we like faith and want, his grace. You see, the thing you thought was your downfall, God wants to use for your promotion. The experience that you are resenting right now that you've gone through, God wants to make you grateful for it. And, that can, and we know that can be true. Lying in, because, and we've understood that God has done everything that he said he would do. Eternity is wrapped up in that baby. That is God lying there. No matter how far sin has removed us from God, Christ is the prize for those marginalized. We learn to see God. Christ is the prize, like the shepherds did. How would that change our lives? How would that change our goals and our motives? How would that change our marriage and our kids, our business, or our jobs? How would that change our church? What would that childlike faith and wonder, understanding that what God does has nothing to do with what we can see with our naked eye, but he's working behind the scenes, working mightily, doing great and mighty things that he wants us to be a part of if we'll simply look with faith.
with the eye of faith, like the shepherds. When the shepherds went back and told their story, it says all that were amazed, all that heard it were amazed. That word amazed can also be translated wonder. They wondered at what they heard. You don't have to be perfect to tell people the good news of Jesus. You just have to be willing. Dare to because of him who is called wonderful. Because of that baby in the manger, shepherds and angels, outcasts being chosen to receive God's wondrous grace and works. What a wonderful thing God did that night when Jesus was born into hope. It gave us the reason that with childlike faith to look in that manger and know that God can do whatever he said he can do. Weakness, and they stopped and worshiped. You see, heaven's wonder in human weakness should cause us to worship. The, the idea of wonder is that you stop. You stop because you can't move any farther. Because what you're so valuable that you don't, you, you, you're at loss for words. That's what wonder should make us do as we stand, stand or sit and look at that babe in that manger. We should see all of that and we should simply stop and wonder. And then wonder should also make us, but it should make us go and tell what we have seen. If Christ is really wonderful to you, you'll want to go and tell what you have seen, what he has done for you, how he has delivered you. You see, the shepherds saw heaven's wonder wrapped in human weakness and proclaimed the good news. Heaven's wonder, its human weakness should make us be with this idea that I'm too sinful or I'm too weak or I'm not, I'm not smart enough to share the gospel. Those are excuses that we should, should throw away for good. Because this scene that we see here tonight as the shepherds come and worship the Christ child blows it away. There's no such thing as being too sinful or not smart enough to birth feel like a burden or the joy to the, or the, to the shepherds? What do you think? Was it a burden or a joy? How do you feel about, feel about sharing the gospel? What might help you consistently be joyful at sharing Jesus with others in wonder? I think if we can see the Christ again with childlike faith and wonder, it'll restore the joy and we'll want to tell people about Jesus instead of being sharing into it. It's the mandate of the church. It's the Great Commission. That's true. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if you can help but tell people about Jesus? Wonderful. What do you see? What do you see? Heaven's wonder wrapped in human weakness. What do you see tonight? Think about those nativity scenes. Mary and Joseph and the baby have a halo on their head. But there is that. Why, why did artists put that? And when we see it with childlike faith and wonder, we understand he is the one called wonderful. He is the one called wonderful. God bless you tonight.